0: Hi, I'm Emily McIntyre with the Limitless Female Podcast. This is episode number 11, Stability Versus Resilience. Woman, welcome. If you're a mama who is feeling all the feels of motherhood, the ups and downs of hormones, and maybe even depression, then you are in the right place. Limitless Female is your confident inner voice helping you master your mood and create the epic life that calls you. My goal is to show you just how enough you are so you can show up limitless in your own life. Let's get started. Good morning, everybody, and happy Friday. Fridays are the best days because there's just so much to be excited about. I love the end of the week. Um, Always my last work day is Thursday. I mean, I sprinkle in work, but Fridays are when I just don't have to think about anything and it's really fun. And I hope you guys have had a fantastic Halloween. It was kind of a hogwash around here. I really tried to get my family to do a group family costume. But after all the discussion and the kids wanting two outfits, right, one where it's our family costume to our church's trunk or treat, and then a second outfit to wear around the neighborhood because the family one, of course, wasn't going to be cool enough, Um we just decided to just let them do whatever they want, which is how it happens every year. So we aren't that family with the really cute matching costumes. I really wanted to be that family, but we're not. (laughs) So we had, uh, I don't know, my son was in a bodysuit, a really creepy bodysuit. My daughter was in deer jammies. My other son was death. And (laughs) my little guy was Batman. And me and my husband were, my husband was a ring Master and I was a bearded lady. So it was just crazy. But we had such a good time. Halloween is so magical, especially I'm so grateful for a two year old because Halloween with a two, almost three year old is cute. Like he is just so excited and, you know, loves saying trick or treat and yelling thank you and gets so scared about all the spooky things. And having kids just makes like allows us to re-experience everything in life again through them which is super neat so today i want to talk with you guys about stability versus resilience so i don't know if you guys are like me but i probably for most of my married life has have strived for stability and i wasn't using that word i wasn't walking around saying oh i wished my life was stable but I say things like, I want to create roots for my family. So like, is this our forever home? Or are we moving? Let's pick somewhere and then just put down roots. Or I want to have steady friends. Like I want to have a solid group of friends, I think is what I would say. Or I don't want to have to worry about money. Like I just want to have a good amount in the bank account so we don't have to stress about it. So we just have enough for what we need at least. Um, And I wanted to love where I was. Right? I wanted to feel steady. And for a lot of my parenting years, I've angst over where me and my family were going to live. So where is the best cost of living? Should we be close to family or not? Which family? Because our families live on the opposite sides of the country. If we're close made to family, maybe we have a stronger support system. Where should our kids grow up? Like where would they be happiest? what place will create the most generous and selfless kids, which I know is kind of a tall order. When I saw it written down on my paper today, I was like, that's a lot to ask for from a state. <laughs> like, It's going to create selfless children. I don't think any place creates that. But it was a real stressor for me. I kind of felt like time was ticking. And as my kids got older, The more time it took for us to make different things happen, the more likely my kids would are just growing up in this unintentional life, this unsteady, you know, changing, unintentional life. For lack of better words, I mean, really, I felt like I want to make the life for my family on purpose. I don't just want to be put here on accident because that's where we found a job or that's where we could afford it. Like I want to feel steady and pick a place we can be forever that we just love. And I also was like, oh my gosh, my kids are starting to call themselves Texans, which was, it's just so odd. I mean, I don't have anything against it, but the other night I was said to my kids, do you feel like you grew up in Texas? And all of them were like, yeah. I said, do you think yourselves as Texans? And they're like, yeah, we're Texans. Just so strange, you guys, that I have Texans for kids. This is funny. But I wanted to feel stable. And I looked up stability on Google because Google knows everything. And Google defines stability as fixed and steady. So I wanted to feel steady. I wanted to do all the things that I thought would create stability for me and my family. So if you've ever wanted to be steady, put down roots, have all these things that I'm talking about, you're completely normal. Actually, there was a psychologist or scientist named Maslow, Abraham Maslow, and he was kind of the first of his time to study not just what made people mentally sick, but also what motivated people. So what made them mentally healthy, which of course... I love because I am all about that. Not just going from negative 10 to zero or two, but taking our mental health from a two to a 10. And so um, he came up with eight classifications or rather eight levels of needs that we have beyond just being mentally not ill. And it's interesting because each one builds on the next. So for example, the very first stage is having our basic needs met. And this includes food, shelter, warmth, sex, sleep, those very basic needs. A lot of the needs that we just take care of in our babies, right? The things they can't do, those very basic needs, like keeping them clothed, keeping them warm, giving them food, water, and they're vital. They're at the very bottom of Maslow's hierarchy because we have to have that. We have to have food and warmth and all those things before we can think about our next set of needs. They have to completely consume our thoughts. And if you think about like the time and energy you use to do things when you're camping, you can see that there isn't a lot of time left for other things. Like you can't go play until the tent is built and you can't go hike until you've made breakfast or filled your water bottles. So you have to get those basic needs met. Now, the second level on Maslow's hierarchy of needs is safety. Now, safety includes things like having laws, having protection, limits, and one that stood out to me was stability, right? Ding, ding, ding. Of course, we wanna be stable because it's at the bottom of our Motivational needs, right? We have food and water. We have all our basic needs met. We're warm. We're in a house. And now we want to feel stable like we're going to stay there. Like we know what to expect in our lives. Like we have rules and laws and limits and expectations like even moral and um, social expectations of people that make us feel safe. And we look for it everywhere. We look for it in our home, our income our kids' friendships, our surroundings, our faith, and our mood, right? Because this podcast touches on depression and anxiety. We look to be steady in our mood. So having had depression for over 15 years now, I really value stability. Like I don't want the intense ups and downs. I want this steady stream of emotions that I can count on. But what I didn't know that I now do is that all those things don't create the emotion of stable, right? So yes, in our heads, we think it's really important to have all those things so we can move to the next level of meeting different needs that motivate us. But what we don't know and that our brain thinks is true is that things, circumstances outside of us, don't create the emotion of feeling stable. Feeling stable comes from a thought that we have, and we get to choose our thoughts. They're not true or false, right, about our bank account or our family or our set of friends. They just are thoughts that we're choosing. That's why they're thoughts, because we can't prove them in a court of law. They're biased, right? We have opinion in them. So I thought that once we moved to Texas, that would be it, right? That was kind of like, this will be our resting place. We'd find our forever place and jobs and friends and be, quote, stable, right? But it wasn't that way. And it's not because the people weren't amazing. And it, actually, we do want to stay here for a while. But it's because I allowed myself and believed a different story once I got here. Even though so many things are wonderful and exactly like I wanted them to be, I did not think thoughts like this is the place. I didn't keep believing we made the right decision, right? I had other thoughts that led me to an emotion that was not stable, right? That was confused and in a hurry and worried. And I know that a place or an amount of money in my bank account or my kids' friends don't create the feeling of stable because I have lots of friends here who live in the same state of Texas and they have all kinds of amazing, wonderful feelings because their feelings are coming from their thoughts. And I have access to those thoughts, but I wasn't thinking them. So I wasn't able to feel stable. But like I said, even though it's our thoughts creating our emotions, I still didn't have the emotion of stability and it's interesting because I wasn't really able to move up through Maslow's hierarchy of needs and help other people and have self-development and all those things because I was so stuck on the part of being stable. But you guys, I talk about my experience moving here a lot and I probably leave out a lot of details, but I talk about it a lot because that is... A pivotal point when I found coaching, I started listening to Brooke Castillo's pod, uh, podcast called The Life Coach School. Um, I started listening to Jody Moore's podcast Better Than Happy. I hired a coach. I went to Life Coach School training with Brooke Castillo, and actually Jody Moore was my small group trainer, and spent six months, you know, practicing coaching and teaching people, and then I did lots of weeks of free coaching through my eight-week program, all of this, and it changed everything for me when it came to what I was looking for. So stability, I was no longer looking for stability and I felt stable anyways, because I knew how to create the emotions that I wanted. I knew that the feeling of stability and steady and joy were available to me right now. And I didn't have to wait or rush or hurry or change things around me to feel that way. But I want to offer you guys today something that's so much better than steady and stable. And that is the feeling of resilience. It's the act of resilience. It's the character trait of resilience. I love resilience. Resilience. I look up to so many people and that's usually the characteristic that I value the most in them. It's not that they're steady. It's not that they're perfect. It's not that they look like they've always got it together, but they're resilient. I see them just try again and try again and they don't give up. So, of course, I googled the definition to resilience as well and it says able to recoil or spring back into shape after bending stretching, or being compressed. Oh man, do any of those words sound like something you've experienced? Bending and stretching and being compressed, right? It sounds like it hurts a little bit. (laughs) And If you're human, you've experienced all of these feelings. And the thing is, we are on earth to experience these things. Not only does my faith teach me this. Because it does. It teaches me that we're here to grow and change and to rely on something greater than ourselves and to be challenged. But it's all around us. Even if my faith didn't teach me that, I see it every day. We're stretched to the edge of our patience. Our energy is tested, and we have relationships that challenge us and require us to bend. Life plans shift. And we have no other choice but to shift with them. So I know this is how life is supposed to be because I look around and that is how it is. If life was supposed to be easy, it would be easy. Don't you agree? So my question to you is, if we know that life is supposed to be difficult and challenge us, why are we so intent on stability? Right? We work so hard on having a steady, stable, comfortable, predictable life, even though we know, most of us, that that is not why we are here. That is not what's going to bring us the most joy. And yet we work really hard towards that. Interesting, right? But resilience is a much more useful emotion and trait to have. And so I want you to imagine a large building. Okay, it's strong, it's built for storms, it's brand new, state-of-the-art, right, hurricane-tested or whatever. And then I want you to picture next to it a little sapling, right, a weak, small, new tree. Now, over the years, storms come, right, and the winds blow. And each time a storm comes, that tree is pushed over a bit and it struggles to stay standing. But then because of all of the harsh conditions, it begins to develop a strong root system and actually starts to grow in the direction of the wind. And so every storm, this tree gets stronger and stronger and is challenged and digs deeper and comes out of the storm stronger, maybe not stronger than the building, but stronger than it started. Now, a building, on the other hand, this strong building built for storms, doesn't show a lot of wear and tear, right? It was built well. It's stable and steady. Are you guys starting to see where I'm going with this analogy? But each storm comes and two things happen to the building. It either stays the same or it slowly but surely degrades, right? There's nowhere for the building to go but to break down. It might take a long time but it's never going to get stronger than it was right before the very first storm, right? It doesn't dig down deeper. It doesn't become more strong as each storm hits. It either stays the same or it breaks down. The building is like our stable life. It's us at a standstill. We might not struggle and we might be really comfortable, but there's no improvement. When things are steady, we can't change or grow or become the next version of ourselves and we're also not prepared for what's next we're just steady where we are so even though it's important to create stability right it's the bottom of maslow's hierarchy we need it in order to build on that there's another level higher than stability and that is resilience the tree was resilient it looks smaller weaker and it struggled more, and yet after each storm, it sprang back stronger. So it was different every time it faced harsh conditions. It changed. So I want you guys to consider that maybe stability isn't all it's cracked up to be, right? Many of us have what others might see as a stable life. Our kids are healthy, we're happily married, we have enough money to put food on the table every day, And still we feel worried and we're unsure and we feel like we're kind of floating and wandering and like we don't have roots. Do you guys relate? Do you know what I'm talking about? And it's because our circumstances, all those things I just mentioned, friends, how our kids are doing at school, things changing around us, that's not what makes us feel unsteady. Confidence in who we are And in understanding where our emotions come from, which is what I teach my clients, that's what creates stability, right? And it's so interesting because I feel more stable now than I've ever been. And when me and my husband a while ago were talking about where we wanted to move, I noticed I had a lot less fear. I said to him, we can move anywhere because I know I can be happy anywhere because I create my emotions, not the things outside of me. It's not change that creates my emotions. It's not steady, you know, being living in one place for a really long time. It's not family living next door. I create my emotions with my thoughts. And so all of a sudden, I felt very steady and stable, especially in my mood, because I was the one controlling it. And I knew how to do that. Now, what does resilience look like in our lives? How can we be more resilient. Resilience requires some risk. So if we want to be someone who bounces back, we have to learn how to do that. And that requires that we do more difficult things and we feel disappointment and we fail and we struggle because we can't learn to bounce back unless we fall down, right? You're going to get really good at disappointment And you might even start to chase after things that may not go as you hoped they would. Because remember, you're really good at experiencing uncomfortable emotions. You're not chasing after being steady because you know it's so much better to have the skill of resilience because life isn't steady right? Just, just by nature, it is up and down and crazy. And so when you're resilient, you're ready for that. The second thing that resilience looks like in our life is a willingness to adapt. Um, we have to be willing to change in order to grow. We have to be willing to go with the flow, right? To, I love the idea of kind of unfolding a book in front of you, like my life is being read to me. And just being like, oh, I guess that was the way it was supposed to go. Instead of assuming that I knew how it was supposed to go and it's not going to plan. I love the idea of, like I said, it being unfolded in front of me. Oh, I guess I was supposed to get third place on that race. Oh, I guess we weren't supposed to live here. We were supposed to live over here. Oh, I guess I was only supposed to have that job for a month. That just helps me not resist what is actually happening for me. What is real in my life. So Simon Sinek has written a lot of amazing books. One of them is Find Your Why, but um, I heard him talking on Marie Forleo's podcast and he talks about the downfall of Blockbuster and I thought it really applied to this. He said that when Netflix started streaming, uh, actually they started doing their sub uh, subscriptions where they would send the DVDs in the mail, they were really leaning towards just streaming all of the videos to people and somebody high up in blockbusters company went to them and said hey we really need to shift to a streaming um, business plan because this looks like it's the way the industry is going and the ceo said no we're not going to do that because we make all of our money like 90 percent of our profits from late fees so he was worried that they wouldn't make any money and he was decided not to start streaming. And if you guys are younger than, you know, 15, then you've never seen a Blockbuster. I can't, I don't know. I can't remember how long ago they went away, but they used to have a total corner on the market. And now there's not a single Blockbuster in sight because they were completely focused on steady and stability right then. They wanted their profits to keep coming in. They didn't want to face hard times and lower their profits. But in the long run, it didn't serve them because they weren't resilient. When the market changed and everyone started streaming movies, they only had a business model to provide rented physical movies in their store. So I just love that example of being willing to adapt, being willing to shift, being willing to, you know, let your life unfold in front of you and make decisions for your future self rather than what feels good right now. Um, Resilience falls into the second to last need on Maslow's hierarchy of motivational needs, and it's called self-actualizations. So this need is defined as personal growth and self-fulfillment. So when we seek things that stretch us rather than headed to that stable place in our life, we're ready to look outside of ourselves. We can fulfill that final and highest stage of motivation, which comes right after our own self-development, which is helping others to grow and be fulfilled, which I thought was just fascinating. So if we can conquer that second to last motivational need of our own self-development, which Resilience is required for, right? It's far beyond just reaching stabilization. Then we are in a place to fulfill that final need, which is helping others. And that's really what brings us the most joy in this life. And so resilience gets us there. Being resilient allows us to care for others. Because unlike stability, resilience isn't based on our circumstances. It isn't based on things around us. Resilience just comes from what you make all those circumstances mean. You can be a resilient person if you look at your circumstances as if they are exactly the way things were supposed to be. And now what? What's next? What do you wanna do now? And how do you wanna react? And I just want you guys to consider that maybe you don't want things to be steady and easy. Maybe you don't need your kids to always have kind friends. I'm not saying you shouldn't comfort them, but maybe the goal doesn't mean, need to be helping them always feel happy. Maybe you don't need to live in one place for a really long time to feel joy. Maybe that's the opposite of joy. That might be comfort, but it's not going to be joy. Joy comes from a true resilient nature that allows you to serve others. So you don't need to wait to feel stable. You can create resilience right now. You get to create it with your thoughts about your circumstances, with the way you react to things, and with the way that you go after things in your life. Go after hard things. Go after things that challenge you, knowing that that's the only way to become stronger and happier. Don't seek for the things that are easy and comfortable, thinking that that will bring you joy. Joy is always your choice. So choose joy now, choose joy in the future, choose joy no matter what comes your way. All right, you guys, I hope you love this podcast. I loved giving it because I seem to have a love affair with resilience. So please go ahead and subscribe if you haven't so that you don't miss any of my amazing podcasts. They come out every single Friday. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I love to give help, free help. That's why I have this podcast, because I want to serve you guys, even if you're not a client of mine. And if this resonates with you, and you want some more help, you want to know how these tools apply to your specific situation, I offer free coaching sessions. I open about four to six each week, and you can find a link in the notes below the podcast. And it says click here, and that is where my calendar is. So go on there, nab a free session. It's really easy and fun, and it's just about 30 minutes, and it's worth it, right? Like, How better could you spend 30 minutes than some self-development? And remember, that is the step right before being able to serve others, which I really think is the highest form of joy. So I hope you guys have a fantastic day. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the podcast or something else going on in your life, I want to invite you to a free one-on-one call. In it, I will teach you the main coaching tool I use with all my clients and the way to solve any problem in your life. And we'll plug in real life examples. Go to calendly.com forward slash limitless email. or you can find the link in the show notes to schedule your free session. Grab a spot before you miss it.